What's up, everybody? <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the Christmas week episode. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like... Oh, we were supposed to finish each other's singing sentences. But Sandwiches. That's... Oh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> no. So, awesome. Listen, this week is going to be Christmas. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Today is Monday the 20th, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So that means that Christmas is only five days away. That's true. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I can't. <laughs> 2021 just went by so no, fast. 2021 did go by real fast. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie about that. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing that's really cool, all right? So I know that everybody probably attended Christmas programs, Christmas productions at your church, um, all these different things. And, you know, everybody gets geared up for the gifts and the food and the family and and everything that's going to unfold this week. I know that's some of the highlights for us as well. Yeah. But one thing that's cool about keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Mm -hmm. As you guys see Santa Claus back there. He's not the main thing, by the way. He's just real cute. Old Saint Nick. No. But listen though, on, on a very real note, Jordan was, was diving in on all, all this stuff, like just reading through the word. And, um, you know, we talked a lot a while back on the podcast about the context of scripture and about mm-hmm. diving in and reading the Bible through all these different lenses and, and, and how much fun it brings when you can actually tap into yeah. the culture of the Jewish people at that time to understand the birth of Christ. Yeah. And so that's what we are going to talk about today. And mostly Jordan. She's got all do these y'all, notes. Do y'all see all my... This is like a mountain. <laughs> I have my phone um, open to what I need to talk about. My Bible, my notebook. I am ready. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm prepared. That's, that's a lot. And I'm just winging it. You are... You have nothing. <laughs> oh, that sounded rude. That's you have very nothing. rude. You now, have... see... Everyone sees this now. You have nothing in front of you on the table. Oh, there was a lot in front of me. Okay. Anyways, we'll have to talk about this later, Aubrey. <laughs> Shh. Table that. <laughs> table that for later. We'll hide that under the table like we talked about at the table. You just, you just wait till we get off this podcast. No, You're you in wait. Trouble. You wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh, wow. What an intro. Take Thank it. you. Thank you. Okay. What an intro. Now, something that... Aubrey, is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, something that I really realized whenever I was reading in Luke, chapter 1, mm-hmm. which is where the story True. of the nativity, I guess you would call it, the birth mm-hmm. of Jesus is. Yeah. Something that I realized is, I have lived 29 years. We don't, we don't have to You say just it. realized that through reading Luke 1? <laughs> no. And I have always read the Christmas story. Right. The birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I've always read it in like a one-dimensional way. I just read the words that are on the page yeah. for what they are. If that makes sense. But like what Aubrey was talking about, when you look at the Bible through the lenses that we went over a few months back, it makes it multi-dimensional. Like, it makes it so deep. It makes it so so much more meaningful. Because honestly, one-dimensional, it's super meaningful still obviously it's the word of god right yeah. but there's different things in here that he wants to show us and different things that might 
stick out to us, especially if we're studying the Jewish culture, especially if we know about Nazareth, if we know about Bethlehem, if we, you know, if we know about some of these things, if we know what an innkeeper's um, stable would look like, you know, all these different things. If we know that, it takes it to a whole new level. And the Bible is connected. It's all, it all connects. See? Like mm-hmm. from the office, because your shirt. Yeah. It all connects. And it is beautiful. <laughs> and it's amazing. And there's just a lot of cool things that I found out reading. I'm not even done reading it. Like, I've been reading it slowly but surely. So I'm not going to be able to make it all the way through. But we will do little bits and pieces here and there. Throughout if this the... is just a sneak peek. Of what it looks like. And the rest of the story, you, you can have dive, to figure out. You could dive in on it yourself. Yeah. It's great. That's, it's still there. You, you it's probably still have a there. Bible. It's always going to be there. You probably have a Bible at home. <laughs> Try it. And if you don't, you got an app, I'm sure, that has the Bible on it. Um, so I, I just started reading because technically uh, Luke 1 starts off talking about uh, the birth of John the Baptist. Well, not the birth, but the conception, the story of his father Zacharias and Elizabeth right Mm -hmm. and so I skipped that sorry John but I wanted to get to where it started talking about Jesus you know what I mean right um and so I went to John 1 verses 26 through I think all the way through chapter 1 um going into chapter 2 as well but anyways um in Luke 1 26 through 27 it's the announcement of the birth of Jesus so that's whenever Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her like hey this is what's going to go down. And it's crazy, right? Like, she's a virgin. She's betrothed to Joseph. Everyone knows this, right? But something that you might not know is anything about Nazareth. One of the things about Nazareth is that it's extremely unremarkable. People don't necessarily care about Nazareth because it is 15 miles from the Sea of Galilee, even though it's technically in the Galilean region, and it's six miles from any major road. And we're talking... People walked then. So how far would six miles if you were walking? It would it would be a long time a to get to a road mm-hmm. where other people are really traveling. And so Nazareth is honestly known for how unknown and unremarkable it is. So I think that's really amazing that Jesus would be forever identified as Jesus of Nazareth. But then, I mean, when you think about it, it takes you to... I mean, you can think of some of the judges, you know, that the Lord brought up in um, the Old Testament, you can talk about Moses, all these people, they automatically were like, I'm not good enough. I'm obviously unremarkable. Like Moses, who's supposed to be, you know, the voice of the Israelites, he had a speech impediment. And then Gideon, who was one of the judges that was supposed to like, you know, help all of Israel, was the smallest dude of the smallest tribe. So I just think that's so amazing that it's Jesus of Nazareth. It's pretty Mm. much Jesus of unremarkable (laughs) where you're from. So I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter where you came from. It matters who the Lord has called you to be, right? And Jesus knew that. It didn't bug Jesus that they always called him Jesus of Nazareth like it was his last name. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we, when people like tag us onto things, we take that like offensively and like kind of add that to our identity. It's almost like they were, they were trying to say like Jesus of nothing, like almost kind of. Like labeling that, I mean, how many different times in scripture does it actually say where normal everyday people were saying from Nazareth, you know, like what good could yeah. come from Nazareth, yes. you know what I mean? And, um, and, and just always trying to downplay it. So then when they're like, oh, well, what, you know, what Jesus or Yeshua or what, oh, the one from Nazareth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they even his, Jesus's followers were also called Nazarenes. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the ordinaries were yeah. plain old people. Regular old dudes. <laughs> but And so I thought that was really interesting. I mean, that was right off the bat because it said... In a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Like, there it is, right at the beginning, you know, and it starts talking about <clears throat> Nazareth here. I was uh, reading into Nazareth. And so something else that's interesting is betrothal. Oh, you know, we don't say, like, hello, I'm betrothed. We are, in, we're dating, we're engaged, and then we're married, right? That's kind of how, like, the modern-day marriage looks like that ceremony all the way through. But for the Jews, it was in three stages. So the first stage of marriage is the engagement, which, get this, it's super rom- romantic. A formal agreement made by the fathers. Isn't that sweet? A mm. formal agreement made by the father. Sounds it's romantic. Awesome. Yeah, really. that's that's probably when cool <laughs> exchanges happened. Like you take this one and I take this one and you give me three goats and I'll throw in a camel. Throw in a chicken or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then what so that's the first stage. So it's super romantic. Let me tell you about the next one. This one's a little better. It's the betrothal, right? So this is where Mary and Joseph were at this time, whenever Angel Gabriel came to Mary. And it means it's the ceremony where mutual promises were made. So it's like they gave each other their vows is what it was. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's what the betrothal is. They're like, I promise to marry you and you promise to marry me. Because our father said so. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to love you. Yeah. (laughs) What? What? Let's just take all the decision out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the second stage. And that's where Mary and Joseph were. So, I mean, they've already had their vows. They had that ceremony with the, you know, betrothal situation and all that good stuff. And then the next stage, which is what Mary was waiting for, okay, is the marriage. Okay, so let me read about this. Approximately one year later, when the bridegroom came for his bride at an unexpected time. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Right whenever I read that, I was like... That's why, like, this might be dumb. You guys might know already, but like, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh, that's why the church is the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom mm-hmm. and he is coming when we don't expect it. That was yeah. one of the Jewish customs. Like, that blew my mind. I didn't know that. But, but the Lord does everything so intentionally. And like, it, I don't know. It just really made me excited. I put, wow. And then I did the scriptures where Jesus actually talked about, like, yeah, two there men is an exclamation point. Be in a point. field. Uh, yeah. I, wow. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. If I was reading your notes, that's how I would have read it. And then it came at an unexpected time. Wow! <laughs> Just up. like that. It was a revelation from no, the Lord. No, and it's in a different color, so no, you have to... the blue ink is me talking. The red yeah. is the Lord or scripture, and well, the black is Well, yeah, you better not notes. be written in red, P. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm in blue. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so, so okay. So this is this is the thing. Okay, right. So, so you could read the story, and, and we we all know up until this point, right? Mary is is engaged to Joseph. Gabriel shows up on the scene, and he says, "Mary, blessed are you among women. Yeah. You're going to carry the son." Right. This was during the engagement process. Right. Mm-hmm. So this whole process of being goes from you. You have an agreement. Your dad has an agreement with the dad of the groom or the bride or whatever they make a deal you have no say so in it whatsoever and then then you come and get engaged and then you have to wait another full year and then at an unexpected time so this whole process takes forever before you and your future you know spend the rest of your life with someone's spouse even get to like hang out in the same room together Mm -hmm. like you don't even know anything so imagine how scandalous it is when Gabriel comes up on the scene and he goes, oh yeah, by the way, Mary, you are going to give birth to the Son of God, even though you've never even been in the same room 
as the man that you're supposed to pledge your life to, that without you're supposed your to get married to. Without outer garments. Yes, you've been fully clothed the whole time. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and so this whole, this whole process is unfolding where this is a huge process. And in the midst of it, God just interrupts it. And he's like, listen, you're not married. Um, here we go. Here comes Well, Jesus. this is a good intro to um, something else Gabriel says. And this is uh, Luke 1, verse 30 through 33. It says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and, birth, and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So, and then right then, Mary says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Okay, so it's not just like, whoa, you just blew my mind, angel. Like, oh my gosh, I'm sure her mind was blown. But the reason why Mary first says is how, like, I'm, her her response, right? We have to put ourselves in that situation. Okay, so the Jews back in that day, they knew the Torah, which is the Old Testament. They knew it left and right like they studied it they knew it and mary you can tell by uh, later actually whenever mary says her song you can tell there's actually 12 different um examples of the old testament that she comes back to and she sang this song to the lord like rejoicing and so she knows the word right and so she would have known right whenever gabriel said that you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son mary knew exactly what gabriel was talking about because she was a woman of the word of god so when gabriel said this mary knew that he was quoting from isaiah 7 14 it says the virgin shall conceive and bear a son well it, well, it wasn't seven fourteen at that time it was just isaiah exactly huh? yeah but the catholics made <laughs> it, it is now 714. Yeah, so it's just amazing because we really have to set ourselves in that, in that situation because if I wouldn't have known that the Jews, they knew the word. Mm-hmm. They knew the Torah. And so all Gabriel had to say, really, he didn't say a whole lot. Like when you think about it, like she wasn't like, listen, you need to stay Let's here and sit a little longer yeah. and explain more of this to me because this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. No, she heard it her whole life. That's how the Messiah was going to come. And so everything is dawning on her as he's speaking. You know what I mean? So I just thought that that was super... Super interesting. And then, um, let's see here. So, you know what had already happened is Elizabeth is already six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And so then Mary, after she, oh no, no, sorry. I'm going to back it up. I'm just too excited. I just thought that was something. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this part is so legit. Okay. So Gabriel is still talking to Mary, right? And so he says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So let me tell you what overshadow means in Hebrew. It is to cover with a cloud. Does that give anybody a remembrance of what that means from like the Israelites? It's just the Shekinah glory. It's the presence of God. So literally the Lord will overshadow her. So to cover, he will cover her with a cloud. So the Holy Spirit will come upon her, right? So it like just gives you that. Exodus. Yeah, it gives you yeah. that beautiful picture of whenever they... They set up the tabernacle right out in the desert. You know, the Lord gave them very distinct uh, measurements, everything, right? And once they set it up, it said the cloud descended upon the tabernacle Mm. and the Holy of Holies. And so for the first time ever, the Holy of Holies descended upon, and I got chill bumps too, because the Lord hadn't spoken. Let, Let me go ahead and back it up and tell you this, guys. The Lord hadn't spoken in 400 years. It You know what I mean? That was after the um, exile and everything like that. And so this is like extremely amazing like can you imagine being Mary like I don't know there there's there's pressure for her because back then if you're betrothed and you're pregnant therefore you have committed the sin of adultery therefore you can die by being stoned like that's Mm -hmm. actually totally the law 
And it would have been perfectly permissible to do that. And so she, obviously she knew the Lord was with her, right? And the Lord, and she knew that no matter how, like she would be in the company of sinners. Doesn't that ring a bell as well? She was in the company of sinners pretty much her whole life. There were never people, there, there were still people to the day that Mary died that thought that she was a little hussy. You know what I mean? She couldn't do anything about that. And so she was literally, whenever she said yes to Gabriel right here, and she said it in an amazing way, super humble. She rejoiced unto the Lord, everything like that, how we should be whenever the Lord comes to us, you know, and asks us to do things or like speaks to us. She, she just like her son will do. Jesus was in the company of sinners. Jesus took on our sins. So she had a little bit of feeling of what Jesus went through, you know, 30 three years later. So I just thought that that was a beautiful, the overshadowing, the Shekinah glory, that was pretty amazing. Well, and I think it's also uh, incredible that, that Mary had to walk through something that a lot of people considered shameful. Mm-hmm. And like what, what considered shameful was, or what was considered shameful in the eyes of man was actually being used to glorify God. Yeah. And in the same fashion that Jesus being crucified on the cross, the Romans meant that. Mm-hmm. for shame mm-hmm. it was meant to be torturous and painful and shameful humiliating yeah. and and what and, and what jesus used it for was the glory of god and so oftentimes we find um in scripture that god is intentional about everything and if we'll just take a deeper look into the stories and study them line by line you can see that even to the smallest detail God does everything on purpose. Mm-hmm. That That is what you will find out when you really read and study the word and study the context, study the culture. You'll realize every single thing that is written in this book right here is extremely intentional. Mm-hmm. We have an extremely intentional God that connects the dots for us and it makes this beautiful picture of redemption, of his grace, of his love and everything like that. It just blows my mind. But this is really amazing too. So after that, the visit with Gabriel, right? Uh, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth is six months pregnant at the time, but Mary didn't know that. Gabriel had to tell her because Elizabeth, it says here that Elizabeth lived somewhere between 80 to a hundred miles away from Mary. Nice. So yeah, that's quite a trek. So Mary actually- It's not bad to- for us, but in- on, on, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, like, we, we sit there and think about that, and we're like, oh, I can get there in no an hour. hour. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, but it's just like, no, she got there a month, month and a half, traveling, yeah, she's, however long it took, I don't know. But, yeah, and also, she, ladies that have had children, she was in her first trimester, people. Do you think the Lord took away her nausea? I don't know. But I sure wouldn't want to travel 80 to 100 miles walking yeah. if I, you know, I couldn't even do Surely. the laundry. Surely, if it's if it's Jesus, there was no. I don't know. Knowing the Lord, sickness. like he probably would like groom Mary by giving her more sickness, yeah. <laughs> so she could be stronger. But I love this. It said here in this commentary I read that Mary probably understood that not many people could understand her experience with Gabriel and miraculous conception. If anyone could understand, it would be Elizabeth. So she went to a like-minded person that had seen God for who He was, you know, and wasn't yeah. blinded by. Just the day. Well, and, and I think that that's what's important, though. Like, I heard, uh, I heard this this guy that I was listening to one of his sermons the other day, and, and he talked about how a human desire that we have is to be drawn into community, 
right? And, and not just not just like in a community, like not just going somewhere where you know there's going to be a lot of people, mm-hmm. but a a place of like minded. Yeah. So when Mary was sitting here going, "Oh my gosh, I had this encounter with Gabriel. Nobody would believe me." Mm-hmm. Right? Nope. Nobody knows what this is like. Oh, but I remember my cousin. Elizabeth had the same experience mm-hmm. with and an angel. So I want to be around a like-minded mm-hmm. believer like me. And so that's what Mary yeah. did. She traveled 80 to 100 flipping miles just yeah. to be around a like-minded like believer. Like she didn't just walk a couple hours to go visit yeah. her cousin for a day or two. Like she stayed yeah. for she stayed for 3 months, I think is what it said here. But um and then it goes into Elizabeth, once Mary gets there, is just blessing Mary and speaking words over her. Words of faith. She said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Mary, I mean, this is the first thing Elizabeth says when Mary walks on the scene to see her cousin. And you know why she said that? Because Elizabeth believed, and also believed that the baby in Mary's womb was the Lord, who Elizabeth's son, which is John the Baptist, would prepare the way for. The faith was in Elizabeth because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so important to be filled in the Holy Spirit because you you will get that faith to where you're like, this is the Lord. My son, you know, Zacharias spoke over my son that he will lead the way, you know, for him. And and by the way, remember, this is whenever John the Baptist, the little tiny baby that was six months old in there, he like flipped in the womb because he was super excited. Did you like how I said that? I was a little yeah. weird. And the, yeah, I've seen I've seen that thing that people share all the time on social media. It's like let's not forget that the first person that recognized who Jesus was 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 a, a child in the womb. In the womb, like and, it's just yeah. so beautiful. I mean, he was already preparing the way. He's like, flip, see, he's yeah. right there. I prepared. Wow. <laughs> and Jesus was just this tiny little baby, probably like yeah. I don't know, three months. But um, I just love it so much. And then it goes, of course, Luke one forty six through fifty six. It's Mary's song of praise to the Lord. And, um, and then it just goes through to where the birth and the naming of John the Baptist. And so it's all just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And we wanted to skip ahead, right. To talk about a little bit about, um, the innkeeper stable, that thing that we, uh, learned. I don't know where we learned it, but it was really interesting. That book we read. Did you want to kind of say that? So this is fast forwarding because. Yeah. So it, it fast forwards a little bit, but you know, like a lot of times we, we, we grow up thinking, you know, like we hear the story of Jesus, like, oh, he's born in a stable, you know, he's born in a barn or whatever. And like, you have that old saying, well, were you born in a barn? Like when you'd leave the door open or whatever. But, um, the, the important thing to understand is like the Jewish architecture of, of homes and how Mm -hmm. they were built, how they're set up. So when, when you actually talk about Jesus being born like in the manger, right in in with the livestock and stuff. It's not like they were forced in the end to go around to some barn that was that was off by itself. It was actually the the way that the Jewish custom was to build your home was that first the ground floor was where you kept all your livestock, all your animals, that everything. Was your stable. That was your stable right there. And so then you'd go up the stairs, and then on that first level, that's where the family of whoever lived there would stay or if it was an inn talking about that's where mm-hmm. all the multiple rooms would be would be on the on that second floor. So when they say there was no more room up here, that just means it's like, well, we don't have anything up here, but you can stay mm-hmm. down here. So on the first floor of the house. And and just understanding these little bitty details kind of make you um, bring the story to life. Because here's the thing when when story has the ability to to change the game for us, but 
it when you actually study the story for for what it is and you put yourself in the perspective of like a modern Jewish person mm-hmm. at that time it makes the story completely different it doesn't make it seem like this far-fetched thing and um, also the fact that most of the like the portraying of of the stable would, would have been like in a wooden trough that that you know the animals oh, ate the out manger. of yeah the manger but it would have actually been stone yeah yeah made out of stone and, yeah. and there's like a beautiful um aspect of this that honestly will just like seal this all with a bow but the thing then was um Okay, so you know back in um, the law, Moses talked about how there would need to be an unblemished lamb, an unblemished you know, animal of whatever type to be sacrificed at the altar for you know, our sins, right? And so Bethlehem was known for the unblemished lambs. Is that, are they lambs? Is that, you know how like goose and geese, lambs? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, very good. Sure. Unblemished lambs. Sheeps. It just doesn't sound right. Sheeps. Sheep. <laughs> Anyways, baby sheep. Um, they That's what uh, Bethlehem was known for, to produce a lot of unblemished baby sheep <laughs> to mm. <laughs> offer as a sacrifice. And so they would actually, get this, they would wrap the baby sheep. I'm just going to say baby sheep. No, no. They would wrap the lamb. I want to say that. The lamb in swaddling clothes. Okay, so they wouldn't have any blemishes. And they would lay them in the stone manger. That's what they did to protect them, take care of them, so they didn't have any blemish, so they were t- protected. That okay, was the ones that were born without like spots, or mm-hmm. the ones that were that were born. Kind they maintained of, yeah, the yeah. unblemishedness yeah. of them, and so, so they protected them. Whenever you realize this, so Gabriel went to multiple people, right? But he went to the shepherds, so he went to the wise men. But the, he went to the wise men, Gabriel. I didn't. This this was your <laughs> this was your narrative. I'm just kind of on. Guys, I'm I on the train. I know he went. Put I me know, on the spot. I'm so sorry, but I know that Gabriel warned them about King Herod. I do know for a fact he came to them for that. They had yeah. a dream. I mean, yeah. You don't remember that? Sure. <laughs> okay, but anyways, so Gabriel went to um, the shepherds, and something that he specifically only said to the shepherds was, "You will find a babe." wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and the shepherds knew exactly what that meant because that meant that he would be offered up as a sacrifice just like the unblemished baby sheep Mm. yeah and it's just so beautiful and the fact that this baby is the perfect lamb of god that came to wash away our sins and yeah it's just it's it's beautiful there it is it all connects. It does. Well, and and think and, and it goes back to like what we were saying a second ago. It's like if 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 the Lord took and prepared that much detail, mm-hmm. like he, he nothing nothing happens on accident with the Lord, right? And so Mm-mm. just the imagery of of us talking about right the that Jesus was was the Lamb. Right, and then like the the way that all of this stuff connects, and God maneuvered all these pieces around to have everything line up to where, in the same fashion of how they um, treated an unblemished lamb, is the same way that Jesus was treated when He first came into the world to be all God, mm-hmm. but in in the flesh of man. It's just 
wow like it, it makes it it brings it back around to me going why why do I get so caught up in things that don't really matter when when I know the one that weaves all of these stories and put all the stars mm-hmm. in the sky put the moon and the sun where it was supposed to go and the God that pays this amount of detail to the story of mm-hmm. his son is the same one that knows the amount of hairs on my head yeah and and planned out he prepared the table before me as well it's like whoa yeah it's it's just I I, I would encourage you if you hadn't to go and reread this and really study it mm-hmm. and um, it just it's it's so beautiful and it's not just a story that you've heard every year as you know a child all the way up to adulthood it should never ever be that yeah it's so much more it's well, the story of our redemption yeah and and, and and it's the it's the connection there right like Jewish culture knows that if you want if you if you want a good sacrifice right if you if you want to sacrifice you have to sacrifice an unblemished lamb like like it has to be the very best right so so an unblemished lamb would probably bring twice the amount of money mm-hmm. as one that that had blemishes all over right like so and, and and so you you look at all these and we all know the story where it's like okay you know Gabriel comes to Mary Joseph has to accept it no but i think that the the, the more powerful aspect of it is we talked about this in the lenses. In the Jewish culture, everything is either based off of shame or honor. Mm-hmm. And Joseph and Mary both had to walk the line of shame so that Jesus could come. And Jesus had to walk the line of shame so that we could receive salvation. Like it's... It, it could almost make you cry because you're sitting here going, oh, well, yeah, if, if, if I saw an angel, I could clearly do that. But no, you don't understand. When, when Mary became pregnant in, during their engagement, that was shameful. Mm-hmm. For Joseph to come out and Mary met with Joseph and was like, I promise this is from the Lord. It's not another man. I've never been with anybody else. I promise I'm still a virgin. For Joseph to take her back as already being pregnant and for Joseph to tell her dad, I still want your daughter even though mm-hmm. she's pregnant, that's shameful mm-hmm. in the Jewish culture. Yeah. So Mary and Joseph have to know that this is from the Lord. They have to know that what Gabriel told them that night was this is the legitimate deal because they were willing not only to shame themselves, but shame their families. And they were willing to walk a path of shame so that God's will could come forward. And just like Jesus, mm-hmm. just like Jesus, when he's walking with that, with that cross and mm-hmm. never deserving Mm-mm. even an inch Mm-hmm. of what he paid for on the cross for us. It's so much more than just a Christmas story about mm-hmm. a baby being born and shepherds coming out of the fields to worship this this little baby and wise men traveling from all these. It's people that literally put their entire lives on the line. And at the end result, you and I get grafted in as Gentiles we get grafted into the covenant, to the promises of Abraham through Christ Jesus because we have people in this Christmas story that's all bubbly, that's all cute, it's mm-hmm. all good, but they risked a life of shame mm-hmm. 
so that we could have the honor of being accepted by God. I'm, I'm completely undone by, by these extra images, the, the, the extra characteristics that come out of this story. Mm-hmm. And if it wouldn't have been for Jordan diving in on this story, I would have never been hit with it as well. Mm-hmm. But to understand sometimes what what the world sees as shameful, God yeah. honors. Yeah. And for Mary and Joseph and and even even Elizabeth to co-sign on what Mary was going through, that was shame. That was, Mary could have brought shame on not only herself but her entire house. Mm-hmm. Anybody that had any connection to her whatsoever would have been shamed because of what happened. And mm-hmm. they all risked it. They all risked risk that shame and having their name run through the mud and everything because of the end result. Mm-hmm. And Mary even had had the opportunity to say, Lord, thank you so much for birding, <laughs> for, yeah. for getting, for like impregnating me right outside of wedlock and everything like that. And she still says, Lord, I'm so thankful and honored to be mm-hmm. in this position, knowing that she had to walk a path mm-hmm. of shame, but she could see the end. She could see the end and and didn't make it about her and been like, well, look at what all I did, you know, look at look at I'm I'm bringing in the Son of God. I didn't do. And Joseph could have easily got wrapped up in this, going, can you imagine what my neighbor's gonna say or these people? Uh, that I that my business works with Joseph was a carpenter, and from what I understand, um, what research I've done, he was a very good carpenter, very 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 skilled as a craftsman. Everybody he had ever done business with was gonna hear in their little community that he took on a woman that was already pregnant, mm-hmm. and that had shame tied to it. And yeah. he could have been sitting there going. What's everybody going to think about me mm-hmm. still accepting Mary even after? People are going to do the math. By the time we get married, she's going to be having this baby, you know, and things are just not going to add up, and that's going to make me look like a chump. But G, but Joseph and Mary, and Mary in this moment had the opportunity, and they decided to humble themselves before a holy God and do what he asked them to do even though to the earthly eye it looked shameful, but in eternity it was full of honor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that's that's the beauty of, of this story is it taking it more than just a, a Christmas program or, or, or you know a Christmas production, but it's really understanding what does this mean for me? It, it means for me that somebody did the work. Jesus came and other people in this story had to humble themselves before God so that Jesus could pave the way so that I can receive forgiveness when I repent, when I turn Mm -hmm. and I repent and I receive salvation, it's secured because somebody else humbled themselves first. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, all I can say in this Christmas season is I want the people around me to be like, man. Aubrey humbled himself first. Mm, mm-hmm. <sighs> <clears throat> That's so true. And it's kind of interesting that the two weeks 
well, the two episodes before this, we talked about Pride. There wasn't an ounce of Pride for this to go down. I can tell you mm. that much right now. <laughs> but, but I really encourage you to read um, this because I think the Lord will show it to you with uh, new eyes and new lenses. And, of course, we have to do the work of studying the culture. We have yeah. to do that. So I, I encourage you because you still have a few days until Christmas. And, obviously, it's not the end if you read past Christmas. But I, I would just encourage you to do that and really, really just put it into context yeah. for what it truly um, is. Before, before we wrap this episode up, I would, I would just like to pray over, over everybody, anybody that, that listens to this episode um, in this. Holidays can be tough mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um, there, there are people that have experienced loss. Mm-hmm. There, there are some people out there that maybe don't know what a joyful Christmas looks like. Maybe there's families that are in turmoil. You know, maybe there's a lot of things going on. But um, I, I just, I just want to pray that that Jesus always be at the center of, mm-hmm. of whatever we do. And even <clears throat> even if you or somebody that you love has to walk into chaos, let's say, for Christmas, that Jesus goes before you. And, and he's with you and just remember that he you know he is the reason for for why why we celebrate and if God is for you then who can be against you mm-hmm. and so heavenly father I, I just thank you right now Lord and, and I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that for everybody that that tunes into this podcast Lord I pray that that the story your story the the greatest love story ever told, um, Lord, I just pray that people begin to to dive in and really understand uh, the sacrifice that was made, Lord, that, that even though we are celebrating the birth and, and most of the time Easter is for the sacrifice, but Lord, uh, it, beginning and end, it, it doesn't really make any difference. It's, it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the story of our salvation. And so I just pray for every family, for every person that's tuning into this podcast, Lord, I just pray that peace, joy, love, all the fruits of the Spirit would be evident in their life and in wherever they go, Lord, whether it's in peace or chaos um, or drama, anything whatsoever, Lord, I just pray that you give them the wisdom and and the peace that everywhere that they go, um, that fires will be put out, Lord, that they are able to, to be a representative of you in every situation, Lord, and, and as we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We just ask that that you just come in this Christmas season and, and make yourself so real in the midst of each of our lives, Lord, because we love you and we're thankful for not only your birth and the stories that we get to read, but Lord, we're ultimately thankful for your sacrifice because we can receive new life. And so, Lord, we love you today and I thank you for each person that tunes into this, Lord. Bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Thank you guys yes. for joining us. This was going to be like a really quick episode, but as Wait, always... This it, should never be the plan. <laughs> it kind of always turns into something else, but Merry Christmas. Um, our next podcast uh, will be um, probably talking about New Year's and, and stuff like that and, and preparing for 2022. Mm-hmm. But we, we love each and every one of you guys. Hit us up on social media uh, or whatever. But if we don't see any of you in person, then Merry Christmas from the Andersons. Merry Christmas. And uh, we love you all. 
And we'll see you next time right here. Same time, same place. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.